This podcast was made on Zencaster. My guest today is Reggie Riverbear. Reggie is a multifaceted artist and ceremonialist giving voice to the return of Eden. Her songs, stories, and ceremonies are known to illuminate, soothe, and unite all those who come into contact with her special magic. And you are about to experience it right now. In this episode, we discuss Reggie's experience overcoming isolation and finding her spiritual community, how ayahuasca guided Reggie to sing, the transition from being a princess to a queen, using your voice to come home to yourself, being connected to greater intelligence through song, creating sacred business offerings guided by spirit, and at the very end, Reggie also blesses us with a beautiful song, so make sure you listen to the very end. Everything that we mention is going to be included in the show notes on kseniabrief.com. And if you're moved by anything that you hear on this episode, make sure you share it and tag us so that we can celebrate you in this beautiful remembering. I am so excited to share that one of my favorite products of all time is now sponsoring the show. If you're looking to support your adrenal health and keep your hormones in balance, you've got to know about Rasa. Rasa is an adaptogenic coffee alternative with an incredible blend of herbs, adaptogens, and mushrooms. It gives you energy without the jitters, and it tastes really good. There are 10 Rasa flavors and functions, and each blend is formulated to support your nervous system, help you stress less, give you balanced energy through the day, and get better sleep. Adaptogens are most effective when consumed regularly and consistently, which means you can get your daily dose of adaptogens while enjoying a beautiful morning or evening ritual. I am all about it. Here's the cool thing about Rasa. You can replace some of your coffee intake with it, or even mix it 50-50 with coffee if you wish. I recently started feeling anxious after drinking coffee, and as soon as I switched my coffee for Rasa a few days a week, my calm energy was back. My favorite Rasa flavors are spicy rose cacao, of course, which connects you to your body and sensuality, and super happy sunshine, their joy blend that supports an uplifted mood. All Rasa blends are formulated in-house by clinical herbalists, and the ingredients are organic, sustainably sourced, and fair trade or direct trade. Rasa is fanatical about responsible sourcing, which is one of the reasons I recently became an investor into the company. There's a special offer to my listeners right now. To get started, you get 20% off your first purchase at wearerasa.com with code Xenia20. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-A-S-A dot com. And the code is K-S-E-N-I-A 20. You can find that link in the show notes. Reggie Riverbear, it's so wonderful to connect with you twice in one day. We had a medicine sound session this morning, and it was such a beautiful, profound blessing for me saying thank you to the land, to the home that me and my husband have built here in upstate New York and releasing it. And now we're meeting to share your beauty and wisdom and luminosity with the world. And I'm so grateful to learn a little bit more about your story, your magic, and how we ended up at the same dimension of this multidimensional universe at the same time. Thank you, universe. Yes, thank you, universe. Thank you so much. It's such a treat to get to not only share the work, but then also get to share the stories in this way. And so thank you so much for 
bringing me on here. It's such an honor. Yeah. So you do several things. One of them is medicine son. Another one is storytelling and being a story keeper. And I'm excited to learn about it all. But before we get there, I'm looking at your Instagram, which is riverbear underscore medicine. And the category of your page is Rose Garden. The description yeah. says magic maker, sun, story, poetry, <laughs> frequency, light, more emojis than I'd ever seen on any other profile, including the crystal ball, the eye, the butterflies, the sunflower, peaches, strawberries, all kinds of delicious things. And it says the return of Eden. So what does all of that mean to you in this moment? What is going on? <laughs> wow. Well, I feel I've had an interesting relationship with with social media as I very much like to be in person and be outside and have, I'm going to say like real life connection with people. And so in my own journey of integrating social media and online presence in, I want to make it as authentic as possible. I want to make sure that what people see and the little header of the Instagram page would be the first thing that you see. I've just tried to create it so much that you immediately get a sense of like, oh, this is where we're going with this page. And so with the category, you know, keep up musician or educator, all those things. And I saw Rose Garden and I love flowers. They are my allies and my sisters. And they've been very, very, very deeply important on my human journey in many ways. And so when I saw Rose Garden, I'm like, perfect, we'll just have like an online. I would love for that to be the gateway to this this page that I get to manage. And the emojis are categorized to look like a rainbow, which has been a huge part of my medicine. I was born on Rainbow Street, and there's many, many stories connected to how that, I'm going to call it a consciousness, to how that consciousness has played a huge role in my medicine and my awakening and my remembering and in my expression. And so I love that. And the return of Eden is really that for me. I feel like all of the things that I get to share in this life, be it story or song or connection or, or whatever the flavor gets to be, it's all coming from this place of knowing that we have an opportunity to click in, lock into a consciousness that is Eden, which for me is just the full acceptance of the perfection of creation. And so my all my offerings, whether it's a post or whether it's a song or a conversation are rooted in that, the return of Eden. I definitely would love to explore more Eden. But since we have opened up this interesting portal of social media, I would love to dive a little bit deeper into it and explore what was it in your experience that switched your relationship with it and opened it up as a portal, as a platform to be experimental, to show yourself? Was there like a mental or energetic or a soul switch that allowed you to feel like, okay, I can really share myself and I can really be taken in fully in my multidimensionality? It's definitely an ongoing journey. I wouldn't say I'm fully comfortable yet. I have made an agreement that anything, just with myself, anything that I share has to really come from inspiration, come from the hearts. I'm not so interested in strategizing and getting more followers. Like I feel like that is a blessing. Whoever wants to connect gets to connect, but I'm not really willing to compromise my 
joy of sharing or my integrity for to get a certain outcome. So that's been one of the one of the things that I that I feel solid within myself. And then just feeling the inspiration that I've gotten to receive from other people sharing their beauty, their truth, their art, their music. It's just felt like a huge treat actually to lock into these other beings that are sharing from the heart that are actually contributing to this thing called media that we now actually get to kind of redesign right now that we have the social media i remember being a kid and was always recording on the little recorder with the tapes and making my own radio shows or dreaming about one day we're going to have our own tv shows because everything was worth mentioning out loud and here we are in the age where we actually get to do that so I'm in a definitely in an interesting dance with it where I see the blessings and the moments where I do feel inspired and it flows through. It really does feel joyous to me and like a part of spirit and a part of creation and a part of connection and a part of, wow, this tool that we've been given as, as a people to really spread our magic and our love and connect to people all across the world that, that share that intention. And then what motivates me in moments where I don't feel so inspired is I created a imaginary friend, <laughs> like how you would do when you're a kid. And her name is Alma and she lives in Texas and she's um, 56 and she's had a very regular life. Um, maybe she works at the 7-Eleven and she has a very like routine, routine life, but there's something in her spirit that knows that there's more in life that knows that that could be colorful and more deep and more connection, but her environment is not supportive of that. And so Alma found my Instagram page and this Instagram page, this little river bear medicine page has become her connection to a world that's more colorful, that's outside of herself. So I share for Alma, there might be many different types of Almas out there, but I I just have to remember that it's really not about me. I get to share. I get to be very privileged to receive these wisdoms from elders and, and from my own work and colors and the beauty and the frequencies. And somebody might actually not be in a position yet to cultivate that for themselves or to experience that from their own environment. And so I get to create a little bit of a safe haven and a little bit of an inspiration portal for somebody to come and to be reminded of how beautiful life can be. So I just have to remember that story and then I can be more inspired to actually be on there because it's easy for me to forget when I'm out in nature, my phone is the last thing on my mind. I love that so much because sharing and capturing those beautiful moments doesn't come naturally to everyone. And sometimes there is this tug of, wait, why would I, you know, the story is disrupt my presence with the beauty of nature if I could be fully here, why would I want to capture it? But sometimes it is this divine calling to amplify that medicine and create those opportunities for connection with other people. And I love this idea of imagining someone, whether that's a real person or an imaginary person or a person who you think is imaginary, but actually is real. Hey, Alma. <laughs> hey, Alma. Um, <laughs> and, and speak directly to her, to them. And there's nothing more powerful than that, you know, like you said, coming from that joy of sharing these beautiful moments versus what are my goals? What's my strategy? I think it's so easy to get blinded and dazed by the strategies and the goals and 
to a certain degree, our social media conversations can be very empowering within the context, okay, what's my goal from where, from there we can talk about, this is the type of content you can share. This is how often you can show up to really, you know, make the impact. But ultimately I think there's nothing more important than joy and trusting that connection. So thank you for honoring that. And just looking at your Instagram page and then looking at you on the screen with your altar behind you and all these flowers, it's the same image. It's the same experience. So the way that you are artistically able to recreate that is really inspiring. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I love it. It's me. It's like, I feel like everything that you can see or, or hear on the screen or, or on Instagram, it's me. Like that's my, that's my spirit. And I am, I'm not so interested in sharing anything that's not that because other people are already sharing things that are not this. So where does... What is the story of River Bear Medicine and what is the relationship between Reggie River Bear and River Bear Medicine? Mm, that's a nice question. Well, River Bear Medicine was given to me by Spirit a few years ago as an umbrella, as a container from which different expressions of medicine can flow. So for me, it's come through song, it's come through stories, come through ceremonies, creating altars, being in this beauty way. And I think that it was given to me because it really reminds me always that it has nothing to do with me. It's like I get to open myself up and I get to share, but the medicine is the medicine is the medicine is the medicine has nothing to do with me. So River Bear Medicine feels great because it's it's one step removed from Reggie Riverbear, which is my little personality and how I get to dance through this life with all her experiences. And Riverbear Medicine is a, a cleaner version of that where it's like the crystallized nuggets that come from my experience of being here, of being in connection, of being a human being, of being a spiritual being, all the things. And I get to crystallize those frequencies and turn them into little gifts and offer them as Riverbear Medicine. Mm. How did the practice of voice and medicine son come into your life? And maybe this question is related to it and maybe not, but have you always been aware of your spirit self? When did that journey really start unfolding for you in a conscious way? I was definitely born and raised with a very strong connection to spirit um, and in a very spiritual household with lots of ceremony. And I remember as a kid being fully woke as far as seeing gnomes and seeing spirits and seeing dead people and like all the things that was very normal to me. And then growing up in a world that where you're being told, which I was not from my, my mom has been amazing to keep the magic alive and to really nurture that part of me, but still being in school and being around pretty much everybody else who didn't have those experiences, you know, your focus shifts and, and I got to have an experience of being fully human and disconnected as well, coming into high school and realizing like, wow, if I want to survive, <laughs> if I want to survive this social experiment, and it wasn't so conscious, right? But, but this is what happened. If I want to survive this social experiment, then I'm going to need to not be myself so much. And I think all of us get that experience in our own flavor when we go to high school because it's such a, a cauldron for change and, and it's such an interesting part of our lives. But yeah, so that, that definitely gifted me about seven years of 
regular human life, not thinking about spirits so much. And when I was 20, I moved to Thailand and spirit, I think spirit was just like, all right, we've given you enough time to like play around and started calling me back home. And it still took me a few years to really, really lock back into the essence of what I now have come to know as my reality is the interconnectedness of everything. And I, I think from the time that I started to kind of reawaken around being 20 years old, the journey of then finding how that works in real life was a beautiful one and a strange one and sometimes really hard because I remember as a kid, we had all the Vedic ceremonies in our house and my family traveled to India a lot and it was a very like immersed in a spiritual community. And as much as I loved that so much, and it was such a, a such an intricate part of, of my joy and my existence, I also saw a lot of people who were lonely. I saw a lot of people who were social outcasts. And so I think it, part of myself got programmed to believe like, all right, if you're going to be spiritual, if you're going to be a spirit, you're going to be alone. <laughs> And and you might end up fully dysfunctional because of that, because that does happen when we're not in a supportive environment. So I had resisted my spirituality or the, the active living of that for a long time. The magic never went away. I've always had crazy manifestations around me and guidance and it's that never stopped, but my active engagement with it definitely went on the back burner. And so when it started to come back, um, really strong and an invitation from spirit for me to take it on more fully as a lifestyle and to really walk more outwardly with this. I found myself struggling for a few years and feeling really lonely and really starting to manifest this belief that I had around being the outcast, being isolated through spirituality. And so as my beliefs came about in my world, I recognized like there's got to be a different way. There have to be more people who are living this way, but living in a good way. And so very, very long story short, um, I had a dream. I built a huge altar in my room. This is real life, not a dream. I built a huge altar. I was living in Denver at the time. And um, I sat at that altar for months, just asking spirit to send me my tribe, like take me to my people that I can feel myself with, because certainly I'm not alone. And I would go out to like yoga places or like places where I figured spiritual people would be, but nobody that I found really had the same like zest of life that I had. It was more like conceptual or doing certain practices and it's an, it's still very dogmatic, but that's not really what I was looking for. So then I had a dream about Hawaii and I jumped on an airplane a few months later. And when I landed on this incredible piece of earth, this true garden of Eden where the air is one of the purest airs on the planet. You can drink the water from the waterfalls. There's dolphins and there's rainbows and there's whales and there's people eating the most elaborate fruits I'd ever seen. I got to strip off all of my survival mechanism, all of the parts of me that were scared to be free, that were scared to be me. And so that immediately then attracted a group of people that were living that way. And they were my peers and they were all beautiful and so alive and so radiant and wild. And um, I got to spend four months with them pretty much naked on beaches, drinking coconuts and eating fruits and really 
feel the division of how much I had packed myself in in surviving and trying to fit in and trying to to navigate this world of men. And now I got to have an experience what it felt like to actually live in alignment with nature, to actually be true to my heart. And it was also in that moment that my songs started to come through. I've been making music for a while before then, but my medicine was never really there. And I remember having this, this sadness in my heart from like, wow, maybe, maybe that's just not going to happen for me. Maybe I'm just writing for other people or singing these songs that other people have written. But then shifting into a, a, a surrounding, an environment that was in alignment with the frequency of my spirit, then it opened up this whole realm of spirit music to me. And I remember very specifically the first time being in an ayahuasca ceremony and sitting and somebody told me to sing and my whole body felt different. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, there's no way I can play a guitar now, but they're very insistent. And so I got the guitar and I set myself and I couldn't think of any songs. And the only song I could think of was this this mantra that I learned as a kid. And so I thought, okay, this is easy that I can do. And I took a breath in and I saw this huge goddess Sarasvati come into the space and she turned around and she sat in my body and I could feel all my cells merging with her and the couch that I was sitting in, sitting on turned into a swan and my guitar turned into a vena and she sang through me. And it was the first time ever that I felt like this is what it's about. This is not me singing. This is me opening and the universe singing through me. And it radically shifted the trajectory of my life. I I ended up fully closing uh, my relationship, my life back in Colorado, and really following the whispers of what I had now experienced to be true was this deeper connection to, to spirit, this deeper connection to songs, this deeper connection to music, this really liberated version of human experience. And so that led on a whole, a whole other adventure um, to Bali and Mexico and opening it up. So the music and connection to spirit I think it's always been there, but the refinement is an ever ongoing process. And there've definitely been huge pivotal moments where I asked for something and it came and I was able to receive it and have the the courage also to follow through, right? Sometimes we get asked to make big changes if we want to have a different life. And I see it also so much around me. It's like we have a desire, but we don't actually have the mustard to follow through with what is being asked of us to get that change to actually start happening. So I think that's one of the blessings that that I was programmed with is to have the courage to go, to go and to follow. And so now I get to have a very rich life that's filled with many beautiful things, but it also means I've had to make a lot of changes and leave things behind and work on myself quite a bit, <laughs> whichever I'm going. Yeah. So it's a journey. What changes are being asked of you now and what's the stage of expressing your medicine that you are embodying in this moment? What's come really strongly is I'm 33 right now and so I've been through my Saturn return and the integration of that and went through 
the gateway of, of 33, which felt huge. And a big part of what that energetically has felt like is really a, a shift from maiden to mother or from princess to queen and really learning this whole new archetype that calls for radically knowing who I am to be able to stand in my power and share my blessings and not be unwavering in knowing that it's spirit and that I'm here to do this. So any outside pushback that could come from it cannot penetrate me because it's not my role to take it on. Whereas before, definitely influenced by not only opinions, but my imagination of people's opinions <laughs> more so than really actually people saying something. And so this particular chapter that I'm just entering into feels like an invitation for strength, an invitation for my roots really strong in the earth. And that translates to how then do I share my music? How then do I share my ceremonies? How then do I work with the sisterhood and fluorescence? And it feels like I'm getting the opportunity to experience my growth in moments that I don't even recognize who I am in a really good way. Like so much has fallen away over the past two years. Many important relationships have left my life. Um, a lot of people have died and it's put me in a, in a cauldron of change. And now coming out on the other side, I get to experience a level of healthy confidence that I don't think I've had so much in the past. I've always been very like happy and easy, but a true sense of being centered as we, we say this so much, right? Being centered, but I'm actually, I think for the first time experiencing what it means to be here now in this body, fully connected to a greater body of intelligence that has its own plan and its own invitations for me. And I'm being asked to step up to really let go any smallness, any judgments, any how I think it should be, and just be a full service in strength and take good care of myself while I'm doing that. So it's a, it's a wonderful, powerful shift. And yeah, that bleeds through in the way that I want to share my music or in the way that I'm able to show up for people in ceremony and the depths of my prayer and all those, every element is immediately affected by it because it all comes through the same vessel, right? It all comes through my same filter. So I'm very grateful to have received some hard lessons that I needed. Like looking looking back at the past few years, feeling completely stripped from a world that I loved very much and feeling left very naked, coming out on the other side and getting to re-robe myself. We just did a beautiful ceremony with um, Gemma and from Sacred Chocolate and we did an equinox ceremony. She was sharing about this dream that she had about getting a new dress and putting on new clothes and that spirit was telling her it needs to be white and gold, like these beautiful, very meaningful um, colors. And so that's what I feel like. I feel like I got to redress myself and I got to choose again, like, okay, what would the queen version of me, of my spirit walk like, look like, talk like, feel like, and I get to actually play with that and embody that. It's been really fun. Yes. You know, I'm also 33 and everything you're saying very much resonates. And I remember when I was in my 20s, there was so much yearning and seeking for 
things that would offer me the confidence I was looking for. And then I remember someone wise told me, oh, the 30s are going to be the best decade. You know, you're going to, the best decade yet. You're going to step into your womanhood and the confidence will just be there. And then I hit my 30s and I felt it. I felt that switch. And it's unexplainable. And I don't think there's any way it could have been rushed. And everything that I went through in my 20s, all of the terrible relationships, all of the low self-worth, all of the doubt, all of that needed to happen for me to build on that, to know the lowest low before I can experience the joy of not even just the high, but all of it together and how it's beautiful because it has both the low and the high. And what's interesting is that I have received very, very clear guidance to do either voice lessons or song lessons for a couple of years. And I've been putting feelers out there and I just knew that the right teacher would show up when the time was right. And it took a while. It took longer than I was comfortable with. And then you came up on my Spotify Discover Weekly and immediately was like, what is this? I need more of this. And I listened to your full album and there's just so many frequencies and codes and listening to your music on Spotify alone is such a potent healing medicine. And there's so many different voices that you bring in and different instruments and the whole multidimensionality of human existence and the different tribes and the different traditions and lineages seems to be crystallized in that music in such a potent way. I'm so excited to share with you that my number one podcasting tool since day one of this podcast, Zencaster, is sponsoring this episode. I remember when I first started my podcast, it seemed like solving a tech puzzle, but I've been using Zencaster since day one, and honestly, it's made it so easy. It provides crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video. What I love about it is that it records separate audio and video tracks for me and my guests, so the editing process is super customized. Plus, they offer secured cloud backups, and I've never lost a single episode. It's super easy to use. There's nothing to download. And my guests just have to click on the link and we start recording. I recently got to try their automatic post-production and it's so good. I'm a huge fan of Zencaster. If you're a podcaster or you're thinking about starting a podcast, Zencaster has a special deal for my listeners. Go to Zencaster.com pricing and enter promo code KSENIA, all capitals, my name, to get 30% off your first three months with Pro Account. It includes unlimited audio and video recordings, hosting up to four guests at once, audio and video mixing, and unlimited English transcriptions. You get a 14-day trial and can always downgrade to the free account if you choose to. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com forward slash pricing, promo code Xenia, all caps, or click the link in the show notes to get that 30% off. It's time to share your story. So what was your journey from those beaches in Hawaii, from the ayahuasca ceremony, where you received the guidance to step into your voice to share it, to actually crystallizing it in a way where it exists and it touches so many? Wow, thank you for that 
beautiful reflection. <laughs> I think that's the the most beautiful thing I've heard about that album. Wow. Well, I mean, it's very similar to you. It took much longer than I was comfortable with. I had all these songs for a long time and I I knew that I wanted to record them and create this album. And I had spoken to a few people, producers that I totally love and respect. And it was just kept feeling like something's off. Something is not, this is not the right path to go. And same, same as you with your vocal coach is like, all right, I know it's, I know the right person is there and I just need to be patient. But I think it took like three years for me to actually find the person. And so I had a beautiful experience. So I had all the songs except for one. And I got to a point of being really frustrated, like, all right, I'm so ready to do this. I'm so ready to do this, but it wasn't manifesting. And then I had a dream and these 12 hummingbirds came in my dream and they shared the song with me, which is the first song on the album, The Hummingbird Comes. And they told me in the dream, if you sing this song, we will guide you to, to how we're going to manifest this creation. I'm like, okay, thank you. So I had the song, I'm singing the song. and a few weeks later, I am in Indonesia at a beautiful festival that was on a tiny island. And the stage where the medicine music was, was like deep in the jungle. And so you'd have to follow this path and it was dark and I was walking and I could hear the music coming from the stage and I had never heard anything like it. But what I felt in my bones was the same as what I feel when I sing. And I love to listen to, to music and other people's music, and it all has a very different frequency, and I get to experience different flavors. But when I heard this, it felt like me. It felt like home. So I ran through the jungle to see who was playing music, and I got there, and on stage was sitting one little creature, a man, with a kora, this beautiful African harp, and he was playing, and then he started singing and he started singing about whales and about plankton and my heart exploded. I'm like, this is my person. Somebody who sings about plankton and somebody who plays like that, that's gotta be, it's gotta be the one. So after he was done playing, I went up to him and I said, I don't know if you record, but if you do, my name is Reggie Riverbear and I would love for you to produce my album. And he reached out his hand to shake my hand and he had a huge hummingbird tattoo on his arm. And so I knew immediately like, okay, this is, <laughs> thank you. The hummingbirds led me to him. And his name was Sebatiera. He's an incredible musician from Chile. Very, very, very talented. And so our first whole session together, we basically just talked about all of our different hummingbirds experiences and about rainbows and about crystals and just these beautiful journeys that he'd had that were so exceptional and that were so relatable to my own. And I really felt like, wow, okay, it was worth the wait. And his ability to translate what I was feeling was the perfect combination. So he would wake up with bass lines and come over to me and everything that he shared with me, it felt like, yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Yes, that's these songs. That's these songs. So it's been very precious actually to find somebody who can really be in the creative space in a way that felt so of my own spirit. And I really love your reflection about all the different flavors and the different tribes and the different sounds and everything on the album, because it's it was a bit of a journey for me to feel like, wow, there's so much diversity in there. 
does it still feel like a hole? Will it be off-putting to people? Because if I say, okay, what kind of music is this? I don't know. This song is reggae and this song is a meditation song and the song is for the ocean. Like there's a lot of different things in there. But actually when you were just sharing, and it's been a very self-conscious thing in my mind, like I don't even really talk about the album that much. If people ask me, I'm like, oh yeah, I have it, but it's old. Like there's still a little bit of a story around it. And just when you mentioned all these different flavors, I realized, wow, actually this is my medicine, right? I'm, I'm a rainbow medicine carrier and it's unity consciousness. It's all of creation. It's all of the colors. It's all of the expressions. It's all of the people. It is all of the things because that's the time that we're moving into. We're not in a separate solo unit time consciousness anymore. We've shifted and now we're bringing in the songs and we're bringing in the stories and the podcasts and the things that actually become the building blocks for that consciousness to come into, into being for people who are still locking into that grid. So it is a colorful experience, that album, but I, I love it. And all the songs came in very powerful moments. And like, for instance, the, the Light of the Goddess, which uh, is a song on there. I was in a beautiful women's weekend with 111 women, all dressed in white. We're in this huge teepee and we're in the cacao ceremony. And and I felt like, wow, we don't have the song. We need the song for like this weekend. And I opened my mouth and the song came out and it was immediately there and everybody started singing along and it started just like droning through this teepee and into the medicine and we're all singing and drinking the cacao and totally bonding and whoosh, then the song was born. So every song on that album has a story like that of like a miracle moment where it came through and whole and complete. And it's been really beautiful to also now have the patience where my music has evolved and I'm, I'm making different things and different flavors and to come back and to listen to it every once in a while and feel the, the sweetness and the innocence of, of that creation. Oof, yeah, the codes are so powerful and they're, you know, I'm constantly running out of space on my phone and that's why I don't really have a lot of downloaded Spotify playlists but I made sure that for all of my travel intercontinentally for all the long flights, I had that album because anytime I'm not sure, you know, do I want to watch something? Do I want to read something? Do I want to journal? I listen to this is the prayer for the people and it just brings me right back right here. It's just, it's such a portal into presence, all of these songs in various ways. And the force that you are with the recorded music is powerful and then the force that you are in person holding this space is just so powerful and I'm so grateful for it and you know on the one hand we were talking about the 33 and the 30s and the confidence and the centeredness on the one hand I'm very connected to it and then on the other hand before our first session we had a couple of weeks ago today was our second session before the first session the whole morning my body was just freaking out with fear. Like, I don't remember last time I was that nervous, that fearful. And it feels as if all of the fears and doubts from all of my different ages and all of the different versions of myself, it's like they all showed up at once and knocked on my door. I'm like, okay, finally, we have a way to leave your body, leave your presence. Let's deal with it all together. And it feels big. It feel, I know this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. This is exactly the work that I'm meant to be stepping into with my voice. And it's also ironic because, you know, my podcast is my favorite thing that I do and it doesn't involve sharing my voice, just not in a way of 
medicine sound, which still feels like a different dimension and flavor of that. But the way that you were able to so gently and so lovingly and in such a sister way hold that space was, I'm just so profoundly grateful for it. And there's so many different codes that you shared with me, both energetically, but also verbally in terms of our bodies being vessels and our son unlocking all of these different things in our experience. I would love you to bring in just anything that feels relevant because I feel like this topic of us stepping into our voices, stepping into our medicines is so prevalent and relevant to all of us. And it's a huge part of the shift on the planet of us all just singing our aunt's songs and you are a guide for all of us. Wow. Thank you. Yes. Wow. It's such a universe onto itself, this whole land of the voice. And I am ever an ever student of it. And one of the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things that I have gotten to feel myself in so many different flavors and so many different situations and so many different ways is that this is really heart medicine. And as a people, we're moving, right? We're on this massive journey from, from being a very mental, cognitive species and to coming back into, we need to come back into our heart if we want to, if we want to survive as a species, um, I feel anyways. And I think that's where my joy in sharing comes from. And, um, and something that I'm passionate about is that we actually, in a very, like the most basic version Everything is energy, right? In creation, everything, everything, everything is energy. And so that energy moves at a certain frequency and then becomes vibration. And that vibration, that vibration literally makes up our physical reality. And the beautiful thing with music is that you are literally shaping vibration, right? A guitar sounds a certain way because you tune it to a certain frequency. It creates a certain vibration. Your The tone of your voice, the intention behind it, the energy around it is literally creating sound waves that start to alter our physical reality. So the more that we get to lean into that knowing that it's energy work, it gets to be joyous. It's ancient. I mean, we've been singing and dancing since the beginning of time as a people, not even just like these songs that we receive, but thinking about indigenous peoples singing the songs of the land and, and the song lines in Australia, for example, or, you know, feeling when I got to visit Africa and just seeing their dance and their feet on the earth and their song and this raw, real connection to this understanding that this is who we are. We are song. We are dance. We are creation. And it's such a powerful, powerful, powerful thing that has nothing to do with our current culture around perfectionism. It has nothing to do with our current culture around competition, right? These are things that we've brought in ourselves, but they actually have nothing to do with, with the magic of song, with the magic of singing, if you look at children, they're always singing. I have a little neighbor, he's four years old, and I'm in bed last night at midnight, and I hear him singing, Old McDonald had a farm <laughs> in this little Brazilian accent. And I loved it. I'm like, wow, it's just such a huge part of our innate expression. And that 
very thing, the thing that it's something that we do as children when we're whistling, when we're when we get to be a little bit older age and we come back to this. I feel it's such a pure expression of who we are. And that medicine, that coming home to our true selves, coming home to who we were designed to be is accessible through something as joyful as the voice. And so it's really only just a, a journey of, I'm going to say only, it's, it can be a huge journey, but it comes down to a journey of dismantling all these concepts around, it needs to sound a certain way, I need to look a certain way, versus how does it feel? How does it feel? And just leaning back into that, like we, you know, like we did this morning, like opening the heart and just letting letting actual air come into the body, letting song come out of the body. It is such a natural thing. We're always breathing. We're always have a heartbeat, this drum, this rhythm, like it's inside of us. And I think when we can connect to our original blueprints, then a lot of other things that are connected to the opposite of that are going to fall away. So we can sing a song and open our hearts. And just in that moment, maybe a habit that we've had can fall away because that habit was connected to our very strong mental energy, but now we're dropping into the heart energy. And so that habit can fall away or this thought pattern can fall away or this addiction can fall away because we're changing the frequency of our being. And so all of these things that are interconnected that we're ready to let go of can be let go because now we're operating from a different system. And so that for me is has been just one slice of the pie of this whole remembering, remembering the joy of song, remembering the joy of singing. And I don't have the, the most tweaked voice in the world for sure. I don't, but I love it. I love singing. I love singing. I love singing. And I love it because it makes me feel at home. Because when I listen to nature, there's always birds singing. There's always dolphins in the ocean making sounds. Whales are singing. Everything is emanating beauty. And when I sing, I feel connected to that, to that part that is what creation was designed to be in my experience. Remembering. And that question of how does it feel versus how does it look? One of the exercises that we did in our first session that was so profound is this scanning of the body and tuning into how does it feel in my heart? How does it feel in my belly? How does it feel in my throat? How does it feel in my jaw? And this profound relaxation of all these vessels and spaces that are carriers for the sun and for the medicine and just seeing, okay, but first of all, before I go and share it with the world, before I put my brand on it and build a website and come up with a social media handle and a hashtag for it, how does it actually feel here? And it seems so simple, but when do we get to do that? I don't think in our culture, pretty much ever, we get to do that. Totally. It's, I think that presence, which is really what it is, right? Presence, what does it feel like here now, is something that I think in general, I have a sense of, of desire to be connected to, to being fully here, but also having taken lots and lots and lots of walks out in nature and just saying, okay, I'm going to walk for eight hours or I'm going to be on this particular spot for eight hours and just sitting and listening. And sometimes maybe I'll take a little bit of mushrooms or sometimes I don't. It depends on on the day. 
but a slowing down, a slowing down. We're in such a wild time where there's so much technology and there's so much, which can be a blessing, right, in many ways. But there's also a very real effect it has on our nervous system. There's a very real effect it has on our mental health. There's a very real effect it has on our ability to connect or to listen or to just be here now because there's always the next and the next and the next and the next. So because song is in our bones, because dance is in our bones, because ceremony is in our bones, it, it allows us to actually enjoy, right? There's like a difference between getting a serotonin hit because you get this many likes or feeling deeply nourished because you get to hold your best friend's baby for the first time and have the time to sit and soak it up, for example, right? Whatever makes you happy. And I have found with song, because for me, it has very much been an internal journey. I was on stage for many years performing six nights a week. We did that for like seven years, almost every day. It's a very outward experience. You're sharing out, you're singing out to an audience. And after my Hawaii experience, part of my big shift was that I felt like, oh, I need to learn how to sing for me. And so I stopped performing altogether and I took a few years to just sing for me and to feel like, okay, how do I actually, what does it actually mean to sing? What does it actually mean to sing? And it, it's come to mean many different things for me, but the main shift from the performing to the prayer, which has been the big shift, has been that I get to always enjoy it and I get to always be nourished by it first and then I get to give it out. So if that means that my voice is great one day and I can hit all the highs and the lows and be a wonderful singer or the next day it's crunchy and she's tired and a little bit dry, I still get to to hum and sway and sing and just put the medicine in my own body first so I can be fully nourished and taken care of and radiant. And then whoever else gets to experience the overflow of that, then that is such a blessing and a gift. But that's a second, a second part of that. You know, I'm always present to this idea that we have to teach what we most have to learn ourselves. And this sounds like an extension of that. Of when we allow the song to move through our vessel and ripple into our experience, then it's only going to be even more powerful when we share it with others. Is that the experience of making that switch for you? Yeah, definitely. I feel like, well, that's why I say I'm like a forever student of it because I learn something every time. And every time I get to have a deeper understanding of what it means to me, what these songs mean to me, what this thing of singing means to me, the more grateful I am, the more expanded I am, the more present I become, and also the more energy that I have to give to others. So I always learn as I go, and I love that. I hope I'm never, <laughs> never done learning. And I'm also very grateful to have reached a point where the learning has been substantial enough that I also feel very comfortable to teach and to share some of these nuggets and some of these ways that these are my own experience. I feel that everybody that you're going to speak to about the voice is going to have a completely different story and a completely different experience because it's such a unique thing. And this is just what it's been like for me. But like, for instance, the songs, for me, they're my friends. They're my teachers. I don't write them. They come. They come with 
all of their words and all of their melodies and all of the guitar. I learned how to play guitar from the songs sounding in my ear and teaching me how to play my guitar. And so also part of my devotion is to want to be a good steward for these little spirits that have medicine for people, like how you're saying, like listen to the prayer of the people. That song came when I was in Malaysia and I was walking through this little town village that was all these docks, all these connected docks, super beautiful wood. And it used to be this freshwater paradise and everybody would fish. And then the big industries came and they built all these shopping malls around it and they cut it off from the ocean. But the people who were living inside of this town never changed their ways, except for now all of a sudden there's plastic and there's things. And so all the water under all of these docks and wooden houses was completely covered with styrofoam and plastic and oil and like neon colored lizards walking over it. It was the most beautifully devastating things that I've ever seen with my eyes because it just was the epitome of the destruction of innocence like this this little town that was completely built of natural materials and people living in a good way. And then modern life coming in and bringing plastic, cutting them off from fresh water, but not educating or not helping to move with this time. So this dissonance created this very toxic environment for these people. And I was walking there and I felt really, wow, this sadness in my heart about what I was seeing. And then this little old man was sitting on his front porch and he called me over because I definitely was the only, the only white person walking there and the only tourist walking there. And he was like, Hey, my name is uh, uncle rainbow, <laughs> another <laughs> rainbow magic spirit coming my way. And so he told me the history of the town and, um, and gave me some tea and we spent some time and it was really precious. And then I, I kept walking and I just asked like, all right, what can I do? Right? Like I'm not, it's not my superpower to get the trucks ready to come and clean the trash. And But what can I do? What is my medicine? And so this song came. And I started singing it as I was walking on the docks. And I got to this intersection where a bunch of different docks came together. And I just stood there and I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to sing loud. So I started singing the song out loud and clapping. And before I knew it, all the kids came running from all these different corners. And there was like 30 kids around me singing their own song, clapping. I was singing this song and you just felt the whole spirit of the town like, oosh, lift up. And those moments, moments like that where it's really medicine. I get to experience like, wow, this is really medicine. It's nothing to do with me, but just asking and receiving and giving asking and receiving and giving, asking and receiving and giving this cycle for me is, is what it's all about in the end. Such a beautiful story. And something that came up in our session today is this idea of sometimes we are in the middle of a situation or we witness something in the world or even in our family, and there's just no words. And, you know, in those moments, a lot of the times I will find myself, okay, you know, what can I do? And what's been coming through a lot recently is the frequency that I hold and what I bring energetically into the situation is sometimes the most powerful contribution I can make. And the song sometimes is the most pure and potent way that we can bring it. And something that you left me with as homework is to just go out into the forest and to sing and to express and I would love you to speak to that. How has that 
shown up in your experience? So many different ways. And I'm sensing so many stories. I kind of just like opened up a Pandora's box and there's like so many stories you could pull. <laughs> I'm just going to allow spirit to choose it with you. Well, not to sound repetitive, but the, I think in my experience, the moments where, like you said, like, wow, there's nothing to say, or there's just, there's just energy, there's just frequency. And to give voice to that is such a powerful thing because it's so much bigger than just the top layer, right? Okay. The top layer around singing is, is okay. You get to sing a song and people get to hear it, but then there's all these layers and all these roots that go into all of creation. That is, we sing like, for instance, like we sang this morning, you shared with me, okay, I want to sing for gratitude. But when we sing for gratitude, it's not just, okay, this song has the words of gratitude. It's like we said in the beginning of the podcast, these actually, this song, my heart, these words, all of these different elements, this melody, they're all creating the frequency of gratitude. And so I'm sending that out into this moment. I'm sending that out into my family. I'm sending that out into my house. I'm sending that into wherever, wherever it feels called. And I have had the blessing of learning to sing and learning music from uh, my past partner, Richie Castro, who was an incredible musician and storyteller. And his medicine was to, he always had his guitar with him. He always had his guitar with him, whether we we're walking down the street or we're going to go visit someone. He always had his music and he would always pull it out at like the most random moments. And he had no inhibition around sharing songs and sharing a smile and getting people engaged. And like he had such a, that was so a part of his expression that I learned so much from because what it opened in me was this timid thing around well, I'm not going to sing now, you know, we're just here with the family. <laughs> Nobody's singing. I'm not going to sing this, this thing that I'm sure all of us have, or most of us have. And he really broke that barrier. So that has moved into me pretty much singing all the time, anywhere. I'm happy to pull out my guitar and sing a song. I still get a little bit shy sometimes when it feels like, I don't know if people are really waiting for it, but I try to really move past that and bring the medicine anyway, because there's, I've only had one time where somebody didn't appreciate it and the person who didn't appreciate it, bless him, but he's on a journey of his own. So I couldn't even take it personal. I think there's, there's a lot of, we talked about that in the session today too. There's freedom. There's freedom in, in being able to bring song into moments where it's any moment, really into any moment, like whether it's somebody's giving birth or somebody's passing or you're just sitting with your family and it's, it can create a deeper sense of togetherness and pull people out of their comfort zones a little bit, but, but bringing them right back into the heart or, you know, the song we sang this morning about bring it to the wind, give it to the water. This song came for me in a moment in my life where really intense things were happening and I felt stretched so thin and I just went for a walk and said, right spirit, I need some help. And the song came and just being able to like walk in the mountains and sing the song and give it back, give all this anxiety back, all this worry back, all this like 
thin energy back and receive the song and receive the medicine and receive the mountains and receive the elements into my body and recharging me in a real way. You know, it, maybe it sounds a little fluttery, all the things that I'm saying to people, but this is really my experience is that it recharges me. It recharges me in moments where I feel like, wow, I cannot like experience, human experience feels so strong. And then the song comes in and it just soothes me. And there's many moments where I, I wish more people would sing and pull out their guitar or just sing a song because I would love to receive <laughs> more songs around me, which is also why I encourage people to just sing because it's a powerful thing. And, you know, you can hear the most trained, classically trained, perfect pitch person sing a song and doesn't really move you. And then you hear the guy in the corner with his guitar jamming out a song that is so deeply bathed in his soul and maybe the notes are off a little bit, but you feel it and it moves you. And I love this example because it overrides the story that we have around, well, I'm not good enough to sing in public yet, or I'm not good enough to sing for this person yet, or I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sing by myself in the forest. That's crazy. It's like, actually, that's really normal. <laughs> actually, that's really most natural state of who we are is to to offer to offer a song of gratitude wow these trees are so beautiful thank you for the trees whatever the thing is right sing it because nature loves it everybody loves everybody loves it <laughs> one of my favorite stories of all time is when i was growing up i would spend a lot of time foraging in the forest for mushrooms with my grandfather my sister and my mom would also be there. But sometimes it was just me and my grandfather, who's very much still a guide from the spirit side. And he was an epic singer. He had such a beautiful voice and he was always full of humor and making up different songs and had this like beautiful white hair and he's super tall. And once he told me that if I would use my voice and sing then the mushrooms that we were trying to find, they would reveal themselves. So you just walk around within the trees, share a song, and the mushrooms will show up and say hi. And, you know, it's just in the last couple of years that I've been unraveling the meaning of that as I work with the mushroom medicine, as I discover my voice. And it's been this guiding principle of all I have to do is walk in the world with pure intention and sing my song. And that's my only job. And everything else just organically stems from me radiating my essence. Thank you, Viva. His name is Viva. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so precious and so true. So true. And it makes so much sense, right? It's because I've had this, the privilege of going on a little mushroom foraging and one of the beautiful things that I noticed was if I'm if I'm just looking, they're not there. But if I become quiet or if I lock into the rhythms and the frequency of nature, then they're there. And this is the magic of song, right? This is what we've been speaking about. This you're emanating a certain frequency and you're you're going into a conscious conversation with nature or with healing or with whatever the the thing is that you're singing for is we're attuning our frequencies to each other so that we can see each other. And I love that so much. And that is actually, oh, your grandpa, that's amazing. I think this is what it comes down to. 
is we're choosing a certain frequency. So whether we sing for a plant or a person or an idea or a consciousness or a healing or to send peace somewhere, we are tuning ourselves to this frequency through our song, through our intention. And that is what shifts the reality. That is what makes you find the mushrooms. That is what brings healing to that person. That is what brings peace to that situation is because we are attuning ourselves and our eye and our mind's eye to be able to see the higher frequencies that are always there or the connective frequencies that make us find the plant or that we get to give gratitude to the plant, which then amplifies its medicine because the frequency matches and it's able to come more consciously into our field. So yay for song. <laughs> yay for song. I love that story. And it moves from, as you were explaining that, I also saw this layer of it. It moves from, I'm here in the forest to take something to feed myself. It becomes more of a collaboration and a co-creation of we're creating something. And yes, I am going to cook something delicious and put it in my body. But it's mostly about this moment here now of this co-creation and this echoing and the finding of the common language of aliveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It's just a, a respect and a, really the switch from we're human beings and, and nature is our backdrop to our beautiful human drama to actually being a part of it. You know how I think about sometimes how indigenous people, like when they hunt animals, they make sure that their spears or their arrows are super beautifully made with like the, all these intricate paintings on it. And like even that moment of creating the thing that is actually going to kill the animal, but is made with respect, is made with beauty, is made with intention. Then when the animal's been shot, they go and they pray over the animal, they take the heart, um, they eat a bite of the heart and they bury it. Like there's all these ways to, and very often there'll be a song, right? There's many, many, many songs from the indigenous traditions, Ikaros only being one, one part of it, like the plant songs, but all like the Native American traditions have songs for the different animals and it becomes, it allows us to be a conscious part of the web of life, which we always are anyways. But when we get to actively participate as that, then it enriches our experiences so much, so much, because it takes away any need for taking, like you said, right? This like, this feeding of me actually becomes a giving and a receiving in a very beautiful, natural way. And the medicine of song has been woven in, in that experience through, through all time. All, all the old peoples knew that, all the indigenous people know that. And we're starting to remember in a powerful way. What is your vision and your experience of how we can weave in those co-creative ancient ways into how we do business and how we share our gifts in the world in this digital age. Mm, wow. Well, that's something that I'm learning for sure. And I'm not an expert in, but what I found so far, we just launched our beautiful fluorescence sisterhood, an online sisterhood and, and mystery school last year. And this business was born from me sitting at my altar saying, okay, spirit, I'm ready for the next level. And Blue, my um, creative partner, sitting in ceremony and asking the same question, like, all right, what's next? And um, Spirit said, okay, online women's work with Reggie Riverbear. And so she called me and 
we decided to go into ceremony for a week together and just listen and pray about it and receive what it really wants to be, or at least the seed of that. And every moment in this journey of having a business that is also a sacred offering, which I've always find an interesting, an interesting balance to have, has been guided by spirit. And so one of the mantras that we've been working with is we can afford to be patient. And this is not about being inactive, but it's very much just reconnected us back to you can't rush nature, right? So there's a deep listening that comes into play where every step that we take, every offering that we make, every thing that we extend, even if it's in marketing or even if it's in social media spaces or as a promotion, everything that we do still gets to be deeply rooted in the essence of that we know and we trust that this medicine is to be shared. And so it's not to be sold, it's to be shared. And the sharing of that, then the energetic exchange can be through money, right? Or can be through receiving um, more people to follow your page or people to come on your mailing list or whatever the thing is. But I think it's a deep, deep, deep practice for staying so solidly connected to the why. Why am I doing this? Why am I sharing this? And am I always moving from that space, even if I look at my advertisement or even if I look at my marketing or whatever the thing is, even to little things like opening the bank account, like taking some time to find a bank that actually is in alignment with your values, which is hard to find, but it's possible to get closer than just like, all right, we're going to go to that bank because it's around the corner. Like, all right, that is your investment, your energy investment. Are you in alignment with that? Or would you rather go to a credit union? I mean, this is just a very practical example, but it's something that we've explored with fluorescence of like, okay, I would rather not put the abundance that comes in into a company that then fuels that back into war because it just feels like, or into oil drilling, that feels counterintuitive to like, we're doing this beautiful work and then the energetic exchange goes through this crazy filter of old paradigm earth destructive practices so how can we find a solution for that so i think there's a a balance and an invitation for us to to be patient as the new pathways are being created for conscious business because it is more of like an uncharted path and there's going to be a little bit more obstacles or a little bit more challenges for us to figure out new ways of operating. So it's very much in alignment with what we talked about before in the technology and this like instant satisfaction thing that we have. Like if it's not this within a month, I'm not doing a good job. It's like actually things take time to grow, you know, seeds are in the dark and they, they have to soak up the nutrients. They got to wiggle their way out and a bush when they're ready, they're going to shoot to the top because what they've received at the foundation is actually the nourishment that they need to grow into a giant oak tree that can then produce thousands and thousands of other oak trees. So patience has been one that's that's been really good for us and constantly checking in with our integrity. Are we, the people that are helping us, do they feel nourished by this exchange? Right, we have two sisters who are helping us to create um, the back end and hosting um, the mighty networks. And I think there's this delicious balance that we can all find in like, okay, the root of anything that I wish to share or offer 
is this this nourishing for everybody in the space? Is everybody feeling good with this? And then, all right, what are the building blocks to then extend that into like a more masculine, strategic um, method? But also, I feel like spirit is the best promoter on the planet. So if we really, you know, if we really put our hearts and our souls and our belief into it, like with fluorescence, I believe in fluorescence. I believe that sisterhood is a huge medicine for this time. I believe in the power of it. And so I know that from just even my own personal knowing of that, it's able to flourish because spirit is going to respond to that. So there's many, many layers to this story, but yeah, patience and integrity and yeah, many other things, but those I'll leave it with those two as a start. I love that you started by saying, I'm not an expert at this. And if anyone said that they are, I'd be like, oh, well, how long has this new earth existed for? Like, have we had enough time to become experts at this? That's one of my intentions for this podcast. One of the reasons I love these conversations so much, because I think we're creating this new conscious, aware, tuned in way of doing business all together through conversation, through being present to what is. And by finding the courage to not follow the existing formulas of business, of marketing, of how collaboration has been done, how banking has been done. You're right. There's so many different layers and stages of building a business that still very much rely on old systems. And I think it's important to remember, and this is like a reminder to myself and anyone who is listening who resonates with this, we don't have to dismantle every step of everything at once. It's like more like one thing at a time. What's asking my attention? What do I have the energetic space to hold the altar of transformation for? You know, what? what how can I be of highest contribution? Which part of this chain can I be the embodiment of? And then where can I get support? Where can I collaborate? And that's another thing that's so beautiful. And, you know, sisterhood and collaboration, like you brought in, you know, before you're talking about competition and perfectionism and how one way embody our unique song, that just becomes so irrelevant. And I think it's the same way with, you know, talking about niche and competition like all of that becomes so irrelevant when we are in our essence and we are in generosity, in blessings, in gratitude, and in collaboration, especially with sisterhood. So it's just so beautiful to witness. Mm. Yeah, I fully agree. It's not a new way of thinking. It's an old way of thinking. Yes. <laughs> it's just that we're yes. coming back to it. And New Earth and, is the old Earth, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> totally. It's like the, the original Earth. But also maybe it's the upgraded version, you know, who knows? I don't know for sure any of that. But what I do feel and what I'm excited about to be part of the of the co-creation team is that we get to design. It's like, all right, we get to actually make different choices. And one of the freedoms that I feel in my life is that I have the freedom of choice. And I'm learning that not everybody feels that way. There's so much emphasis on like, what is the normal way and uh, how we grow up and like you, you see one particular flavor and that becomes the norm. But then when you travel a lot or you know, now we get to actually like, even through Instagram and, and audiobooks and things, we get to really dive into all these different parts of, of, of human existence. And I, I feel one of the blessings is that it breaks the norm. 
it breaks the norm. We get to redesign what does it mean for me to be human in this time and how do I want that to feel and what do I need to shift in order to feel that way or what what blessings can I call in, what what things can I call in through spirit and through my own actions to, to redesign that. And that goes into business, that goes into the way that we live together. You know, it's, there's, having lived in beautiful conscious communities, there's like always the blend of almost every group of people will go through the same human challenges, right? There's, there's things that we run into, there's things that are just in our bones that we haven't worked through yet. And then there's on the flip side, there is this beautiful consciousness around choice. Okay. I get to choose to up my communication skills so that we can be in better co-creation. I get to choose to look at myself that this part of my consciousness and these habits and this way of operating that I've had for all my life is actually not contributing to the current creation. I get to choose to upgrade that. I get to choose that I want to surround myself with people that inspire me, that uplift me. And I get to choose that if this current situation is not working for me, that I have the ability and and I have the okay, the thumbs up to step out and to create something new. So this is a cool thing in this whole like building the new earth that we're all talking about because it's like a clean slate. And as the Toltecs say, like you're the artist of your own life. So we get to choose our paints through how we choose to interact with one another. We get to choose our canvas like, wow, we got this huge, beautiful blank canvas from spirit. We get to create and it has so many layers to it. It has so many different compartments and things to move through. And like you said, it doesn't all, like Rome wasn't built in a day. The new earth isn't built in a day. It doesn't need to be an overwhelming thought. It can literally be in this moment, in this life, taking inventory of what I see around me as my reality and what one part do I want to shift or what two parts do I want to shift? And we get to digest it in, in a way that is nourishing for us instead of being completely overwhelmed by this massive change. And that's another huge part of, I feel, this whole paradigm shift in this new earth is that it gets to be nourishing. It gets to be fun. It gets to have longevity. It gets to be good for our nervous system. And we get to have self-care and care for others in a way that is part of the true foundational practice of being in community in this way. Yes. And there's uh, so many other interesting and beautiful nuggets that you've brought in from that we haven't had a chance to get into, like the story keep being a story keeper and the beauty way and the altars that you bring. And maybe that's a bookmark for part two, up to you. But what I wanted to give you an invitation for is if it feels aligned, perhaps close the space either with a song or with a story. Oh, definitely. I'd love to. Well, let's sing the hummingbird song because we spoke about it. Mm. Or the prayer for the people. Let's see. I'll get my guitar. would love to do that.
Reggie Riverber, thank you so much for all of the beautiful frequencies that you bring in, both through your voice and through your presence, through your words, through being this beautiful embodiment of a reminder that our only job is to emanate at the unique frequency that we came here to be. So grateful for you, for your presence and teachings. What is the best way for anyone who would like to connect with you further to do that. Thank you so much for the sweet words and reflections. It's such a treat 
to be here and to have this conversation to get to give voice to something that lights me up so much. A good way to connect is on any platform. You can find me under River Bear Medicine and Instagram and Spotify for music, but also Bandcamp. And then if you are interested in coming into dancing in closer orbit, we have the Fluorescence Sisterhood, which you can find the links also on my Instagram. And this is an online gathering place for sisters where we have we share weekly videos as well as um, seasonal ceremonies. There's a marketplace where you can share your beautiful creations and offer your own events. There's meetups with like-minded sisters. And then we have a seven-week immersion coming up with Blue and myself. Gates are open for sign-up and the um, the starting date, the opening ceremony is on April 29th. So that's going to be seven weeks of deep, yummy immersion into magic life and also into music and also into stories and altar building and just being in this in this beautiful way of being in the beauty way i remember you said dancing into my orbit i was like i want to dance yeah <laughs> yes. let's do it <laughs> is there anything that i didn't ask you about that you feel called to share before we wrap up oh i don't think so i feel so deeply nourished by this conversation and there's always more to say <laughs> there's always more to say about many things but no i feel like we've we've gotten to just scratch the surface of some beautiful depths and um yeah i'm just really grateful for this opportunity so thank you so much mm, thank you thank you thank you this podcast was made on zencaster if you're moved by what was shared in this episode and not sure how to take action start by writing it down when we notice abundance and clarity in all shapes and forms and honor it, it grows. And if you're called to share the podcast with someone who you know is ready to receive it, follow that. Find all episodes, show notes, and current offerings on XeniaBrief.com. Subscribe to Xenia Brief Podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, and take one deep breath into the knowing that's already within you.